Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Good Monday morning. Need to make sure you read the little warning that came on this tag, and that is we're going to be talking about some very difficult things today. Uh, I've been asked to talk about miscarriage and a couple of aspects of miscarriage. And I know that this is a gut-wrenching topic for many of you. And I'm going to try to talk about it as best I can, but I'm a human being and I'm a man. And therefore, obviously, I've not firsthand experienced miscarriage, nor did Miss Cammy have any miscarriages. She had endometriosis, so pregnancy was very difficult to achieve, but we had two babies born six years apart and we're very grateful for them. But miscarriage has touched my family in other ways. I've had sisters who have experienced it. I've had dear close friends who've experienced it, and I've tried to listen and watch through their eyes. But this wasn't just about miscarriage. This question was also about heaven and life and what will it be at the end of things. So let's delve into this. First of all, with that caveat, this is difficult. This is also limited because human perspective is not God's perspective. And therefore, we humans have to seek after God and do the best we can. But we're really living in a mystery here. And the more certain someone appears about this, the more cautious we should be around them. Okay, let's start with miscarriage. It is a wonder that any of us are here at all. It truly is. The universe seems designed to kill whatever lives in it. According to which biologists are reading, uh, between 95 and 99% of all forms of life on Earth are now extinct. It, that's really hard to deal with, but then when you realize we're talking about uh, insect life, reptile life, human life, uh, hominid, whatever, it, it really thuds home. I mean, we see the bones. We, you can't explain these things away. We see that this universe is a dangerous place. So dangerous, in fact, that none of us get out of it alive. Therefore, the way that we live in that short period in which we exist is of utmost importance. There's a dot on the date we're born and a dot on the date we die. And all we can do is do the best we can in that line between those dots. When a miscarriage happens, it happens for a huge variety of reasons. Eggs and sperm don't always connect the way that they should. Not always the right sperm or the right egg. Sometimes implantation occurs but then it goes wrong. And there are so many ways it can go wrong. And here's one of the things I really want to stress. Miscarriage is not the fault of the mom or the dad. Biology is really rough. 
there are way more ways for things to go wrong than there are for things to go right. And therefore, we don't really know, but our best guess is that the vast majority of fertilized eggs don't implant. And then that the majority of those that implant don't stay implanted and that nobody knows. The woman feels nothing, the man feels nothing. Seems to be no change, but something in the biology was working against them. And it's not their parents' fault for passing on these genes. Because when we say biology, please remember biology takes place inside of other biologies uh, and environments. And so we've got air, temperature, water, we've got food, we've got all of these things, and then an incredibly complex inner biology. But when a woman knows that she was pregnant and then loses that baby, there is an overwhelming sense of loss. And that loss is at least as profound as the loss of a young child. And I won't, I don't really want to use examples here because there are too many people that watch this and have, their pain is too raw for me to stumble upon an example that hits too close to home for them. Why would I say that it's at least as difficult and painful? Because, just to be blunt, when you have a child and then you lose a child, you had the child, you had some experiences, you got to hold the child, you got to show love to the child. You don't get that with a miscarriage. It's a complete loss of every dream. It's a loss of your future because you have a future planned. A baby changes everything. Even baby number seven, eight, or nine changes everything. And when you don't have that, that future and all the dreams are gone, plus your ability to encircle this baby with your arms and not just your body is gone. Please, if you know somebody who has had a miscarriage or several, please listen to their story. Please read about this online. Please learn something about this because they will go through all the stages of grief. And it's very important that you understand that when you go through stages of grief, you don't go through and come out the other end okay. It's not a step one, step two, step three. You will bounce about like a pinball in those steps of grief. You may never entirely leave those steps, but even if you do, you will be forever changed because grief leads, leaves rather, scars. And those scars tell our stories. And we all mourn the loss of the one we hoped would come into the world and we prayed would come into the world. And too many women out there are grieving alone because other people don't grieve with them and act as if, well, it wasn't a real baby. Oh yes, it was. It was a baby not only biologically, but it was a baby in their minds, in their hearts, in their thoughts, in their dreams. And the loss of that is at least as profound as opening your front door and seeing two policemen or two military men in uniform telling you that your child is gone. Therefore, we take this seriously. We put our arms around these lovely women and we walk with them 
We don't offer solutions because I, I don't believe there are any. What we do is we offer our presence quietly. Remember Job's counselors, quietly. We don't try to investigate reasons. We just instead say, we love you and our hearts are broken with you and we will be here as long as you need us to be here to prove it. But there were other questions that came from this lady. She said, will they be babies in heaven? Will they know us in heaven? And here's where we get to some very tricky things because the Bible is not a book of biology and it's not a book about heaven. It doesn't say that much about heaven. It's really shocking how little is in the Bible about heaven and certainly the mechanics of things. And I believe a lot of that has to do with leaving us in faith, but a great deal of that is because the, there aren't human words for this. I mean, read Ezekiel 1, and he's trying to describe uh, just a brush up against the gates of heaven, and it, it's a bizarre chapter because we just don't have words. We don't. So let's talk a little bit about this. Will we see each other in heaven? I, I choose to believe that we will know each other in heaven. Paul says we will know even as we have known the, the disciples when they, when, um, at the transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah showed up, knew who they were, even though they'd never seen any visual representation of Moses and Elijah, because the Jews have a very strict law about that. If you've read Exodus, that says you can't make any. So they, how did they know? Well, Paul says we will know even as we are known. And in the book of Revelation, certainly people didn't seem to have difficulty knowing who was where and what was going on. So we see the babies that never made it to the planet, or are they lost forever? Well, there we get into the question of not just life, but ensoulment. Let me explain. There are many arguments about abortion, um, pro-choice and pro-life. I'm very pro-life and unapologetically so. So don't misunderstand anything that I'm about to say. I don't want us to confuse two things, life and when a soul enters that life. All right, ready? We have an egg fertilized, that's life. Life absolutely begins at fertilization. It may not continue long, and we're told that the vast majority of them don't. But if that fertilized egg travels down and implants, then how can we question life? This is a unique being. It is absolutely inside the mother. It is 100% dependent upon the mother but its DNA is not the mother's DNA. It's only half the mother. There's another contributor here that makes a unique individual. And then that begins to split and split and split. And uh, by eight weeks, we know an awful lot about what's going on inside that, that body. When, however, does it become a living soul, a spirit, that has eternal life, a unique spirit that will live forever. The Bible doesn't really say, and I've heard the arguments and people will bend and twist things to make one or the other way work. All I can tell you is that the Jewish rabbis, uh, conservative, very conservative, even Orthodox, 
will generally say that the baby is has a soul when it quickens the first time you feel it move. I'm actually a little bit uncomfortable with that. I feel like the baby probably has a soul before then and might have a soul at implantation. I have no idea. You, I'm serious, I have no idea. And here's the big deal. Every biblical scholar out there, every expert in Hebrew and culture and tradition, they don't know either. But they've convinced themselves of a particular stance and they argue very well for it. In fact, the arguments are good. I, I appreciate the hard work that goes on behind the arguments, even when they do not agree with each other at all. But generally the quickening, when you could feel the baby move, they said that's when the baby had a soul. But you need to know, nobody knows. Others said it is only when they take their first breath. And so that would be postpartum. That would have to be after birth, whenever they, and they, they use arguments such as God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. And they, these arguments again are well voiced, but it is a mystery. And I just choose to believe that the baby, as soon as implants and it becomes this living creature inside the mom's belly, whether you can feel it move or not at that stage, has a soul. Well, then what happens if I'm right? What happens and we get to heaven? Are we going to have little fetuses there? No, uh, Paul says what we will be, it, it, there's no way to describe what we will be. And he says, we've already changed, we've been translated, but something else is going to happen to us. We're going to become a different sort of creature. We know there's not gonna be marrying or giving in marriage, but obviously I'm gonna know Cammie and Cammie's gonna know me and we're gonna know Jesus and we're gonna know Moses and Elijah. So we'll know each other, we'll know our history, we won't become stupid. This mystery cannot be solved on earth, but I will tell you what I think. And I need you to understand I'm saying what I think. I am not saying what I believe as a, as a matter of faith. Because um, to me, faith, you have to have a lot of evidence to back up faith. And I'm just telling you what I think. I think you're going to meet that baby because no baby is truly lost. I believe that God does not give life merely to take it away. I believe that as the giver of life, the faithful will see each other, and maybe all of us will, for God's love is far, much farther reaching than any of us could have ever guessed. Well, will you then have a relationship with that baby? Why not assume that you will? It is a mystery, yes, but everything we know about Jesus and God indicates that they have our ultimate good at the center of everything they do and that they want the best for us. Therefore, I think the best would be you get an eternity to be with the one you didn't get to be with here. But that's just me. I feel like we should err on the side of joy and compassion and love. That we can go ahead and make our arguments on any of these other points. But when it all comes down to it, we live in a mystery. 
And love has to trump all of our arguments because even those people you disagree with, you've got to share this planet with and you will share eternity with. We need to live to be the kind, we need to be the kind of people that people run to and not from. When they're in pain, when they need a hug, when they need protection, and they just need a quiet presence. So, may God bless us. And those of you who are suffering with this, you need to know you're not suffering alone. It's such a common problem. And those of us who are in the circles, who have heard the stories, even though we've not gone through it, and cannot say we know how you feel, we care about your loss. And in some ways, it's a loss to us too because I'm sure that baby would have enriched the world. So we now have a bigger job to do without that baby here. It's a sad day, isn't it? But it was a question that was asked and it needed to be answered. And I hope it helped. If you have any comments or questions, please send those in to info at rsafeharbor.com. Also go to rsafeharbor.com to read about us and to check in and let us know that you're there. We love you. Have a, have a better week now.